Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight for episode 27, season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, another heavy Warriors defeat, but the Raiders have kept things interesting with their win and entry into the top eight. Uh, how was your weekend, and what did you think of the round? My weekend was good, mate. I like the round, apart from the Warriors game, as we've said so many times this season, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yes, like you say, the Raiders have made it super interesting by by giving Manly a pasting and and on the other side of the coin, the Broncos getting another pasting. So my heart bleeds for the Broncos. Not really, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Sure it does, sure it does. Um, and yeah, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything that you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of round 24 in our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well. Some questions were prepared for each other. We'll then preview round 25 and make our tips before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. So please remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show and we'll do our best to answer them. And we may as well just <coughs> go head first into the uh, the news, Richie. Sounds good. So I want to start on a positive note. Um, Benji Marshall was honoured with a New Zealand Order of Merit this week um, for his services to Rugby League. I think it's just another feather in the cap um, of what's been a quite a quite a great career for the man before he ruins it as a head coach of the Tigers. <laughs> but um, what's your take on the news there? Yeah, well-deserved. Um, one of the great Kiwi icons of, of Rugby League, up there with Stacey and... and Gary Freeman and Mark Graham and all those names. So um, uh, one of the first Kiwis to win a World Cup. So obviously what a career he's had. If you ignore the little um, stint with the Blues and, uh, over in Rugby Union, but um, yeah, well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to him. And um, yeah, all joking aside, I hope his endeavour with the Tigers goes well for him. Um, but we'll move on to the next bit. It kind of covers the World Cup a little bit. 
Um, we've got Josh Schuster has advised Samoa that he won't be available for them for the World Cup as he wants to prepare for the 2023 season for the Sea Eagles. Tohu Harris has also had the same conversation with the Kiwis. Um, what's your take on Schuster and Harris electing to prepare for 2023 as opposed to going to the World Cup? Um, for mm. Tohu, before I ask, for Tohu, I'm not entirely confident he was going to make He'd make the squad, but I don't think he'd be one of the guys you itch in to your game day. So I don't think it's as big as an impact, but I think Schuster would have been a um, one of the, the first couple of names you put on that Samoan team sheet. Yeah, I was going to say with Tohu, the Kiwis have, have such great depth at the moment that, um, yeah, like you say, is he even guaranteed selection? He probably would have got selected in the squad, but... Um, impact for us will be will be kind of minimal because I don't know that, it, like in the mid-year test against Tonga, I don't think he would have walked into the team anyway, and, and our pack is still fantastic. Um, Josh Schuster probably hasn't been in his in, in probably his best form this year, so um, it's probably part of the reasoning behind him wanting to prepare for next year, I reckon. Well, he's got to make a, a decent stab at it since essentially his pushing to want to be in the, the Harbs led to foreign being moved removed from the club. Yeah. So he kind of needs to hit the ground running next year. Yeah, Simon said it's disappointing to hear that um, as you should be honoured to play for your nation or, or your heritage nations. Yeah, it's, it's down to their choice. I personally, if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't say no. So... It, it always feels a bit weird when players kind of step up and say, I don't want to. But um, as Kiwis fans, we're kind of used to that. But it's normally they don't want to play for the Kiwis and they want to play for Australia or Origin. Mm. So um, we'll we have to, I suppose, we'll keep our ears to the ground on if any more key players for other clubs decide to do the same. Um, I don't know if there'll be a lot. It, it seems like a lot of people are really interested in playing in the World Cup, which is great it makes it actually entertaining to watch if you know all the big names go so um yeah it would be i suppose if every all the big names started to drop out it would kind of look bad after essentially the nrl held the world cup to ransom last year to get it delayed and then Mm. if all the nrl players refused to go um kind of what's the point but yeah, I'm sure that there, there might be one or two more, but I think it will be very low. Um, but yeah, next bit of news. We're, we'll go into the Warriors now since we segued out of Tohu. Vodafone's extended their partnership with the Warriors um, to 28 years with a new deal that goes through to 2026. They also brought all the remaining tickets for the final game this week that they gave out to fans on Monday. Um, I'm not sure how I couldn't see if there were any left. Um, when you go on to Ticketmaster, it looked like all the dots in the regular seating were gone, but they kind of had the South Stand all blue, so you couldn't pick. You just picked South Stand yeah. without a look at the individual. So I don't have a hundred percent confirmation that they're all being picked up, but I'd say most of them, most of them are gone. Um, I grabbed an extra one, um, but yeah, it should be should be a good thing. And I know everyone's joking out that. You know, the only way you could fill out the stadium was by giving the tickets away. But, um, yeah, may as well grab one when they're free, right? 100%. Why wouldn't you? Um, but that's great news with Vodafone extending out the, 
their partnerships. One of the great sort of sponsored team partnerships in the game, um, very long-standing. And and the fact that they brought out all the tickets to to give away for free, I think, is a nice little gift for all the long-suffering home fans who've been missing out on the league. Yeah, and I see Simon said that you do have to be careful about giving away tickets as it does devalue the game. They're, um, it's yeah, a dead and, rubber anyway. And did Vodafone buy the tickets? Yeah, Vodafone um, New Zealand bought the tickets. So it wasn't the club. Um, it was actually the sponsor. And there weren't that many, to be mm. fair. Like, there was still, a, it wasn't like they bought 20,000 tickets or anything like that. There, It was already um, pretty close to full capacity. Um but yeah, I think it's great. It's I think a lot of people were just going to come for the last game, potentially a game that they can actually win as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's just ready to you know farewell the season, hopefully on as high a point as you can with a win, mm. and then you know pack it in and forget about it uh, for a couple of months. Um, but going on with that, the Warriors decided to email the members this week and advise them that from tomorrow you can renew your membership for next year and advise that there'll be nine games at Mount Smart next year. Um, did you expect more, more, more games at Mount Smart or was nine around what you were thinking? What were you saying to me that, that we normally get per year at Mount Smart? Are you going to use my knowledge on this? I see, yeah, I am. I see how that's, this goes. That's why you uh, get the big bucks, mate. Okay. So um, generally you get 11 yeah. home games so the warriors generally had 10 and they'll take one to wellington yeah so that was out of their 11 so that had 10 at mount smart so i think it's around the same so um i we haven't seen the draw so i'm completely speculating here but i believe that the nine games at mount smart are the nine normal ones the 10th one is probably a home game played at magic ground in australia because the NRL loves them, um, and that's their thank you to make them have a home game over in Australia again. And then the 11th would be played somewhere else. Um, once the draw comes out, we'll be able to talk about it on the show, because we might see that some of the other teams have also brought games to New Zealand um, yeah. and other parts of the country. But um, it's all speculation right now. Um, it was a bit disappointing. I was hoping for more, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we've had... We've got four games this year, and we had no no games in the previous two years. So nine's a step in the right yeah. direction. That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, the selfish warrior fan in me would hope for a little bit more <laughs> um, as a nice little token token gesture to us. But hey, that's what yeah. it is. And if they were going to get more, um, I don't think they were. The plan was never to have more of them at Mount Smart. They were always going to have the allotted amount they'd normally have there. And take the rest around the country. So yeah. I think it was going to be around the same. But yeah, I'm just um, a selfish Warriors fan that wants as many at Mount Smart. So it doesn't cost me as much to get there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about it once the draw actually comes out. Um, about what we're going to see and what the draw looks like for all the clubs anyway. Um, we'll continue kind of with the Warriors. Um, future Warrior Dylan Walker's. Uh, made a request to play for the Kiwis at the World Cup, and he's been rejected due to playing four games for the Kangaroos in 2014. Um, what's your your take on that happening? You you okay with it? You, um, you think it was a bit unfair, or 
it's this is where rugby league's international eligibility gets real murky for me. Um, so you get people. I know they're tier two, tier two, but you get people going last World Cup cycle from Kiwis to Tonga, um, having played in the Kiwis the previous year. Um, even rugby union's not that not that harsh. Dylan Walker's got Kiwi heritage, so. In union, I think you just need a stand down pool. No, is it three years pool? Um, this is going back eight years now. Um, yeah, would would we have picked him? I don't know, but the fact that he's ineligible is is a bit weird for me, given that it's been eight years and he's he's played for Maori Maori New Zealand Maoris. It it's weird for me. Yeah, and Paul's just saying, yeah, you could change after three years of stand down. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know he did play two games at Origin in between 2014 and now, but it was still, you know, three, four years ago. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's always been murky. And, um, you know, you even go back to, to you know, Tony Carroll and Brad Thorne. Yeah. You know, Brad Thorne playing for Australia in State of Origin, then going to the All Blacks, then going back and playing for Australia in Origin again. And then going back to the All Blacks, and then yeah, Tony Carroll playing for Australia, Origin, and the Kiwis. Um, yeah, they need they need to fix it, but um, I guess it is a reminder for some of these players that if you decide, you know, you had a hot patch of form, and you're you're quote unquote good enough to play a game or two for Australia. Um, if you are serious about wanting to represent your heritage in New Zealand, um, pick them first. I know it's it's hindsight's a beautiful thing, but it is what it is. I don't know if Dylan Walker would have been picked anyway. To yeah. be honest, I, I think the Kiwis uh, have got too plenty st- of talent to pick. Too stacked, yeah. But yeah, um, <coughs> yeah, and like Cameron Scott said, it's a no from me. Major bed sleeping it. Yeah, that's kind of see. If you want to play for the Kiwis, pick them first. Yeah, um, fair enough. So, yeah, that was all I had there. Um, got a little bit of an interesting one here. Um, Cowboys coach Todd Payton's accused the Rabbitohs of bending the rules with their HIAs um, in their game during the week. Rabbitohs coach uh, Jason Dimitri responded by saying that Payton's got a habit of complaining. What, what's what's your take on uh, all of that? When you look at early in the year, maybe... Demetrio's onto something. Uh, we saw early in the year the Cowboys cop a few bad calls, and then Todd Payton get a bit up in arms in, in a press conference, and all of a sudden their luck with officials seemed to change from that point onward. But yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon? Did you have, do you think Toddy had a had a uh, yeah. had cause for concern there? I'm in the middle because I I agree with him. I think they were. They were bending the rules in a yeah. way that the clubs or that the NRL is allowing them to do. They didn't do anything illegal. Um, so, you know, the NRL needs to crack down on what happens with HIAs and whatnot. But I also agree that Peyton, since he's left the Warriors, he's he's been a bit of a whiner when things don't go his way. Um, that's fine. That's part of being an Australian. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, um, the I th- we'll talk about it when we get into that game. I think the Cowboys were hard done by not only with the HIAs but with a few calls too. So, um, 
but yeah, Jacko, Jacko said he did, Peyton does moan when he loses. Hopefully he doesn't turn into another Ricky. Yeah, they moan differently. Like Ricky just kind of rages and, you know, says <laughs> things it. he probably shouldn't say at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Todd kind of just whines like a little girl. Um, no offense, Todd, if you're watching. Um, but it works, you know. That's the problem with whining is the ones that whine um, and don't take ownership for, you know, the performance their team's made usually get the rub of the green the next week. And that's really what you want. So, is, Was that what you'd want to see in a Warriors coach? I I think the Warriors have always had plenty of opportunities to whine. Um, yeah, more so I than t- most. I feel I don't want to be disrespectful for Australians, but I feel like the the Kiwi fans don't seem to, you know, jump on the whining as much. We like to do the whining. We don't want to see the the clubs whining. But um, yeah, there's plenty plenty as a Warriors coach to whine about, um, not just with officials, but the NRL and the players themselves. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe Andrew Webster will will bring a bit of the whining over. <laughs> Maybe. But um, next bit of news, I think this is going to be, um, if, if anyone remembers from season one, the ongoing story was Cameron Smith. I think season three's story is always going to be Cameron Munster. Um, the signing rumors continue to swirl. There's been no um, no official word on what's going to happen with him. Um, we've now got the Titans, Bulldogs, Titans, Bulldogs and Roosters added to the mix, joining the Storm, Dolphin and Tigers and chasing him. Um, drawing a line in the sand, Richie, where is he going to end up? He's got six clubs picking, chasing after him now. Um, in theory, the Roosters shouldn't be able to afford him. Um, but they have a couple of that, mil left in the, in the cap. Really? I suppose they're losing a few players, but they have signed cheese. Um, people just tend to moan when big players sign for the Roosters because of the whole they don't have a cap thing. Um, Bulldogs... Yeah, they need – I don't know because, for me, he's similar to Matt Burton, maybe without the monster bombs, um, whereas they'd be more looking for a seven. Titans yeah. could really do with someone like Munster, but I still feel like it's Storm or Dolphins. Yeah, I, I think Storm or Dolphins. I think the others – like the Roosters, I don't see the Roosters needing him, to be honest. Mm. I suppose they're looking at it that Luke Carey – you know, is probably going to medically retire soon, judging by how his concussions go um, every year. So he could be a straight swap in to, to let Kerry out the door. Um, I just don't see it. And he, he's always talked about if he was moving away from Melbourne, he'd want to go home to Queensland. So going to the Roosters yeah, doesn't really fit with what he's been saying. But money talks. And if anyone can pay you big dollars, it's the Roosters because – there is no cap for them. So um, who knows? We'll, we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. Um, but I don't know if we're going to get any news on it um, this year, at least. Um, next bit of news I had, though, um, is kind of gone now. Uh, so it's a waste of time. But I'll mention it anyway. Damien Cook missed um, last weekend's match due to catching COVID. And he will miss the match this week. But there are rumours that uh, Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, um, had reportedly advised the club um, that the ISO rules were going to be reduced to just five days, which would see Cook available. It was kind of talked about because um, Anthony 
not only is um, he the Prime Minister of Australia, he's the Rabbitohs' number one fan. So there was a lot of talk going, the guy's changing the rules to help out his club. Um, that hasn't happened. There's been no change, and Damien has not been named. So a waste of time me mentioning it here, but I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, and yeah, Simon's just commented, yeah, he's a, a South Sydney fan. Mm-hmm. Um, next bit of news is kind of getting a bit of um, pushback now. So I'm going to go with it anyway. But several Broncos players have been rumoured to have complained about the spray they received from Kevin Walters after their embarrassing loss to the Eels. Um, He blasted their poor attitude and defence in a game where their finals hopes were on the line. Gordon Tallis has come out swinging, calling the players soft, privileged knobs. Um, Now there's people within the club coming out and saying that the players didn't say it, but it had to come from somewhere, right? So what's your take on it? I'm firmly in camp Gordon Tallis on that one. If there were people complaining about getting sprayed, how do you, with your, okay, take it back six to eight weeks, right? These guys were well in the eight and looking top four. Um, they're falling apart and with their season still to play for in the last two weeks, have conceded over 100 points, missed over 100 tackles. They have completely folded. Um, with that, with that said, you should expect some uh, some kind of backlash from your coach, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd expect a spray. Um, it's deserving of a spray. So yeah, if there were people complaining about that, then yeah, I'm in camp. Tell us there. Yeah, and Simon saying he thinks it's journalists making up stories. Yeah, possibly. I it, it possibly it's it's hard to say, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like a happy happy camp right now. So it could even have been just one player mentioning it to someone that got leaked, and one player was like, "I think he, you know, he's gone a bit too far with this, you know, or it, what have you." And that's bloomed out to being, you know, multiple yeah. players, and then it's half the squad. You know, you know how it is. It does. Um, it does sound like a narrative that could have been cooked up on NRL three sixty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see if they respond this week, um, and if they respond this week, you can probably put that to bed because I'd say if they continue this track downhill, it might add strength to the rumor. But um, yeah, it's I don't I don't even we'll talk about it when we get there. But I don't know what's going on there. I, I guess there's also a matter of um, getting a spray, and then also uh, what kind of things did you say, and does that give? the sort of keyboard warriors more licensed to have a go at the players personal lives or the players wives on on social media so i guess it comes down to what he said um yeah. me, me being a rugby union guy i don't listen to any this kind of crap but um, the uh but you you, you, um, you get you know what i mean yeah i'm sure kivy doesn't seem like the type of guy that would you know in front of everyone call out someone with personal stuff i think it would all be mm. based down to what they're delivering on the pitch and what they're on, delivering yeah. in training. On field um, performance, for sure. Yeah, he seems like that kind of guy. But if that rumour was true, you could basically guarantee that none of those guys could go play for the Storm. Um, yes. Yeah. That, that's... Um, that. What we saw from Kevy is Craig, Craig Bellamy on a good day. So... Yeah, it uh, is. We'll see what it is. Um, last bit of news before we go into injuries. Uh, the Panthers have rested 13 players this week. What's your take on it, Richie? Um, um, do you do you think it's the right thing to do? And personally, I wish they did it last week. 
100 percent i wish they did it last week um <clears throat> it's probably just freshening some people up for, for round one of finals obviously we've seen craig bellamy do it with the storm in the past when they've you know been uh, confirmed in top four so yeah, yeah it's it's gonna sway my tip put it that way <laughs> Yeah, and um, I have no problems with it. I know people are saying, you know, it's it's unsportsmanlike and that, but to be brutally honest, the Panthers have done enough this year where even if they lost by 100 this week, it doesn't change them from being first place. Mm. So what's the what's the harm in resting your players ready for the finals when you've got nothing to gain having them out there? And we, I talked to you before we went on and saying, like, the reason I believe that they – decided to you know have everyone play against the Warriors and not the Cowboys was because the game against the Warriors was at home mm. um we're playing the best players you can um in front of your home crowd is probably what's best for business mm. and this game against the Cowboys this week is away and you personally don't really care about the Cowboys fans um yeah. being brutally honest you know do do you care about making sure your stars are out there so the Cowboys fans are happy. Man, you got COVID again, mate. No, um, it's hay fever. My, my apologies. Yeah, and like Simon's kind of said the same, you should always play your best players at home when you're in front of your fans that pay yeah. money to see you, which is what they've done. They're playing in North Queensland, so this is the time to rest. And um, like Paul said, they've earned the right to rest players. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a it's a little bit of they're just trying to make a story out of nothing, really. A, a lot of them have played a lot of football this year, and a lot of them represented in Origin and rep teams. Yeah. Um, look what Luai did on the weekend after you know he's he's been on the sidelines for a wee while, and he came back looking sharp, sharp as anything. Yeah, exactly. And you could say the same with Latrell Mitchell um, yeah. after you know his breakaway with injury and going to America to get his. Um, his injury worked on, he's come back, you know, refreshed and a much better player. So it seems like the most obvious thing to do um, if you want to actually win the whole thing, which is kind mm. of every meant to be the goal for every club. So well done on them getting themselves in that situation. Um, but we'll, that was all I had for the news. Uh, we may as well jump straight into the injury ward. Um, I've, I've narrowed it down to a, just a handful um, Tom Eisenhuth from the Storm is going to miss the rest of the season after suffering a, a grade three syndesmosis injury. Um, I know we talked last week that every injury is season ending, but the Storm are actually going to play finals, so it does mean that it's a bit longer than normal. Um, Rooster Victor Radley has received a concussion and had a seizure on the field, which wasn't great to see. Um, he is okay, though, um, and he's going to go through concussion protocols like normal, but he is missing this week, which I think even his father came out and said, even if he passes everything, it's probably best to give him the week off um, after after that. So it's good to see that cooler heads have prevailed there and the Roosters have made the right decision for Victor, um, especially since, you know, he's a key member of their team and will be key for them in the finals. So, you know... You've already got a top eight secured. May as well give him the rest while you can. Um, Sean Johnson injured his calf, so he didn't finish the game against the Panthers, but he's been named this week. So um, he seems to got, have got better there. And uh, Bronco uh, Thomas Fledger left the field early after getting hit in the throat and was taken to hospital. 
Um, nowhere near as bad as Andrew Fafida's injury last year. I don't, I'm just going to check because I don't do my research properly. I'm just going to make sure and see if Fledger was named or not. Um, yeah, he was named. So he's starting again. So obviously it, it went fine. Um, what's your take on those injuries while I write down Simon's picks? Uh, yeah, the one that stands out for me is Radley, obviously. Um, seeing him having, having a seizure on the field's pretty grim sort of uh, grim sight. So, yeah, I'm glad that he'll be getting a rest because, yeah, if I was the Roosters heading into the finals, the last thing I'd be doing is throwing him on the field a week after that. He, he definitely needs a little bit more time to, to re- recoup from that. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, they were the main injuries there. Um, and, yes, yeah, I said thank you for confirming that you got my picks. Yeah, I thought I'd better say that this time. Um, I don't agree with your picks this week, but, you know, it, it's up to you. Um, so we'll go into Naughty Boy Corner. Um, got quite a few this week, Richie. Um, we're just going to bring them up. Um, we got Asu Kapoa, I think is how you say his name. Yep. Um, he got a weak ban um, for a grade two careless fight tackle. Uh, Isaac Louie um, or Isaac Lou got $1,500 fine for a grade one crusher. Brian Kelly, um, he got four matches for a grade three dangerous throw. Uh, Cohen Hess got one match for a grade two careless high tackle. Lindsay Collins got four weeks as well for a grade three dangerous contact. Victor Radley got $1,800 fine for having a seizure on the field. Um, no, it was grade one dangerous contact. <laughs> Jared Rawira Hargraves got $3,000 for a grade one contrary conduct. Uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona got $3,000 as well for a grade one dangerous contact. Jordan Ricky got $3,000 for a grade one shoulder charge. And then Regan Campbell Gillard got a $1,500 fine for a grade one dangerous contact. Um, yeah, a few of the big boys, um, you know, definitely losing some money this week, Richie. Mm. Yes, indeed. I know, I know we'll, we'll cover that <laughs> Roosters-Melbourne game, uh, but you read a few names out from there, so it was a bit of a spiteful contest. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's all the uh, the naughty boys we had. So before we get into the round review, we'll just quickly do a recap of the NRLW. So um, round two obviously went underway. Um the first place Roosters defeated the fifth place Broncos twenty-eight to eight. Um, the third place Dragons defeated the Eels sixteen to ten, and the uh, second place Knights defeated the fourth place Titans sixteen to twelve. Um, so the, the the new the new kids on the block, the Knights are doing really well. They're my NRLW team right now because of my girl Millie Boyle, but um, it's good to see them performing well. And round three starts on Friday. We've got uh, first first third with the Roosters versus the Dragons, sixth first fourth with the Broncos Titans, and then second versus fifth with the Knights Eels. Did you get to catch any of the, the NRLW games before we move on? I actually didn't get to catch a full game this weekend, Brad. I saw the highlights of, of each game, though. Um, yeah, it looks looking like a real tight comp this year, eh? The Broncos... I mean, the Roosters obviously did well last year, but the Broncos, it's a bit of a fall from grace for them. Um, but yeah. um, looking at the other results, it's, it's very tight, very tight comp. Yeah, I think with the Broncos, when you take out 
um, the best front rower of last year um, out of their team and their fullback, who's also gone to the Knights, who is one of the best backs in the competition, mm. takes a hit. They've also lost a stack of other players. Um, ben Murdoch Masilla's wife was with them. She's now with the Titans. So um, there's been a big a big change in the roster. I think it's just, you know, they've they've basically had the same roster in every competition up until now. So they had built a good team that first year and just built on the momentum each year. And I think it's just that process when you get a whole lot of new players, you're just kind of finding your feet again. Mm. It's very hard in a short competition. you got to kind of hit the ground running if you want a chance to uh, take it out. All right, so um, we may as well get into the round and start with uh, the Broncos Eels, which means I pass it off to you. All right, mate, thank you for that. So Thursday night we had the Eels rampaging over the Broncos 53-6, to nine tries to one. For the Eels, Mike Acevo, Tom Opacic, Clint Gutherson, Mitch Moses, Clint Gutherson again, Isaiah Papali'i, Will Pinasini, Tom Opacich again, and Wanga Blake. One try for the Broncos. Brenko Lee. Um, yeah, we kind of touched on a bit earlier, Brad, with Kevy Walters having a spray, but it's not really good enough from the Broncos' season on the line. Um, what do you read into this game? Because is it, is it the Eels the Eels being back, back in form, or um, the Broncos just being really off form because – Eels have been very up and down this year, but um, maybe they're back. Yeah, I've got on my notes here not much to say, which means I'll talk for the next 20 minutes about the game. Yeah. Um, Eels dominated the contest. Um, talking about them, Gutherson looked crisp. Sean Lane's really impressed me again. Um, I still get nervous thinking about the Eels, though, about if they can get go deep. But they have started to show consistency. Um, you know, the last five games, they've won four. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's it's showing that they are building and heading in the right direction. So potentially they could do damage in the finals. It is really hard to pick. I know we were talking before we went live about the ramifications. If the top eight ends as it is now, you know, who could go deep, who could get eliminated the first week? And it is very hard. If everyone stays where they are now, we'll probably get to have a bit more of a conversation about that next week um, when we actually know what the finals look like. Um, Broncos just look gutless, to be honest. Um, This was a game they needed to win. Everything was on the line, and they looked like they would rather be anywhere else. They kind of looked like all the teams that are out of the running right now that are just trying to get through to the the offseason. they couldn't attack. They couldn't defend. They had 53 missed tackles. Um, and to be honest, they deserve to miss the finals with the effort they've shown in the past few weeks. And um, they do still, believe it or not, have a slim chance of making the top eight. I just don't see it happening. They need the Raiders to lose to the Tigers, and I don't think that will happen. Yeah, it's hard to see it happening, eh? Um, and points differentials not in their favour now after the past couple of weeks. Raiders no. getting a big win. Broncos getting a couple of massive losses in a row. I think they are 40, 43 points behind the Raiders in the points differential. 40-something, I believe. Yeah, they're on negative 26, and the Raiders are on 17. 
Yeah, um, so I, I didn't do math at school, so I don't know what that is all up. But yeah, so it's not looking good for them. But um, they can only have themselves to blame, I think, because yeah. they had the, their own fate in their hands, and and maybe Patrick Carrigan's injury. Um, sorry, Patrick suspension. Carrigan suspension has has hurt them a lot because I mean he's one of their really key players. Um, but yeah. Not good if you're a Broncos fan. No, it Friday night to the pain. It does, it does. Especially given how well how well they were sitting in the top eight, um, yeah. they built such belief in the team and, and amongst their fans that it's it's got to be a real painful one to take. Um, yes. Speaking of pain, next game. Speaking of pain, Friday night, Panthers forty six, Warriors twelve, eight tries to two for the Panthers. Taylor May, Brian Toor. With two, Sean O'Sullivan, Stephen Crichton, Viliami Kakao, Taylor May again, and Isaiah Yo. For the Warriors, Reese Walsh with an early try in the second minute, much to everyone's shock. And um, Ali Katoa with the second try in the 58th minute. Um, yeah, it, it's looked promising to begin with, didn't it, Brad? Um, obviously, the real, the real early try, beautiful try. Um, wish we'd seen a lot more like that this year. Um, and we competed really well for the first first portion of the first half. But once the Panthers stopped making errors, because they were making a few errors in that first half, once they clicked into gear, um, yeah, it only looked like one result was on the cards. Yeah, I've got that here. That The Warriors started nice, um, you know, Dynamis, Dynamis Louis had a line break, put Chanel into space, and then Chanel sent it away for Walsh. Mm. The, I thought the Warriors are in this match for the first 30 minutes, but you just had a feeling that the Panthers would run away with it anyway, and that's what we saw. Um, for the Warriors, I said here that they just missed too many tackles. They missed 54. Yeah. Um, and I think I had at half time. The missed tackle stats, they had missed 25 by half time to the Panthers' one. Um, mm. It's why they have the worst offensive record in the comp, and I still struggle to comprehend how Justin Morgan has survived to be their defensive <laughs> coach next year. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like I, if I'm not saying it on here every week, I'm saying it in my review that I write, that I don't understand. I don't know what he's got on the owner, um, but he seems to get his job uh, immediately. Rob says it wasn't 50 at least, small mercies. Hey, Rob. I, I think I actually put that in my written review this week that it kind of explains the low point we've got as Warriors fans where I sat there and looked at 46-12 and said that wasn't actually that bad. <laughs> you know, right, what kind of state are we in where that kind of margin is accept well, not acceptable, but you don't sit there um, going, you know, you know, it's the end of the world. Um, but yeah, the Panthers, they look, like you said, they were off at the start. They were making silly errors. I know we were talking during the game and I said, um, I've put here, I don't know if it was an off night, but I thought that they took the Warriors too lightly and they were just kind of mucking around and that's why the errors were coming. And then mm -hmm. once they kind of saw that the Warriors weren't just going to lie down in the early stages, they were like, well, we'll actually play now. And that's when they ran away with it. Um, their attack's just dangerous, though. Like, once you said, like you said, when they clicked, 
Uh, it just felt like they were going to score whenever they decided they wanted to. Um, and they still have to be the odds-on favourites to win and go all the way. Yeah, it did have a had an air of inevitability about about the result, didn't it? Mm. You just knew once they clicked. And I'll tell you why we're accepting of a 46-point loss, Brad. It's because we're coming for a place where we've conceded 70 this year. So um, <laughs> nothing seems quite that bad. Um, but we'll move on. Yeah, I see him is here as well. So evening, Ruin Hammer. G'day, boys. Um, the next Friday night game, the Roost, the Roosters, eighteen points over the Storm, fourteen. Um, three tries to two. Daniel Tupo, Joseph Manu, and Joseph Swali. And for the Storm, Xavier Coates and Nick Meany. Kind of touched on it a wee bit before in Naughty Boy Corner, Brad. Very spiteful. Um, heck of a contest. Yeah, don't you just love a good spiteful contest? Um, we had Radley um, going for the choke slam. Um, Nelson, Asafa Solomona, and um, Jared Wadia Hargraves going at each other. Um, All yeah, night. Love, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, the Roosters. They march on. They're, they're on a nice streak now, and I tipped them at the start of the year, Brad. Maybe, maybe I'm not far off. Maybe I'm not yeah. far off. I was, I was the one thing before we talk about the match. The one thing watching this, besides falling in love with how you know fiery it was, all I was thinking about was poor Simon when we were here writing it, and I accidentally put the storm in for him and put the roosters back, and he's like, "No, no, no. Actually, I want the storm." It's like he had it. <laughs> He, he he had the right pick there, and uh, he changed his mind. Um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was great. Um, Jared and Nelson were locking horns all night. I thought, you know, a cliche here. I thought the Sinbin was unfair, but it may have been the it may have been the right call um, before things escalated. You know, yeah, it was kind of on that tipping point where it could have got a lot worse. So sending one of them to the bin, and naturally, you're going to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today send jared because nelson doesn't get in trouble um it was um oh yeah and mark said did you notice the pronunciation um change from someone's took the commentators off yeah um greg alexander was having a great night uh mispronouncing names as we come to expect (laughs) um but yeah victor's radley's injury was hard to watch as well as we already talked about 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know from um, some people I listened to in Australia, they said that, um, you know, I, I don't, there's two, there was nine and Fox had footage of the game and Fox cut away. I believe it was Fox cut away um, to like the fans when he was having a seizure and um, <laughs> nine kept the footage on him shaking, rattling and rolling. Yeah. It, it was, it, please forgive me if I got that the wrong way around. We only get one, one way of watching it over here. So um, we got to see all of it. We got to see him um, making a milkshake for everyone, but um, <laughs> come on, Brett. It was, um, yeah, it was horrible to see. You don't want to see that kind of thing. Good thing as well. But I thought both sides looked good. It was one of those games where I think it was a finals quality clash. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Roosters just made the most of the opportunities that their forward pack created. Um, and the talent they've got in the back line um, just couldn't be denied. The only thing they have to work on is their defense. They missed a lot of tackles, but their scrambling defense saved them. Um, so that that's a bonus, I guess. Um, the Storm played well too. Uh, the, they could have got the win here if they had reduced the errors. I think that was probably the only issue for them. They're making a few errors. Um, but yeah, they both teams played the way that we expected, and I think they're both um, on track to be threats in the finals. Um, both teams could go deep, if not all the way, to be honest. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if either of these teams won the whole thing. Mm. And upset the Panthers, same as I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers just won it again. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Great intensity in that match. Just nice week preview into what we might be seeing in a couple of weeks. So, mm. yep, enjoyed that one a lot. Um, the next game on Saturday was the Raiders giving it to Manly Sea Eagles, 48 to 6. Nine tries to one. Jordan Rapana. Xavier Savage, Hudson Young, Tom Starling, Jamal Fogarty, Hudson Young again, Albert Hopawadi, Sebastian Chris, and Corey Harawira-Naira. Just the one try for Manly, Ethan Bullimore. Uh, yeah, what's going on here, Brad? 28 to nil at halftime. Raiders have absolutely done them. Manly, like we kind of said last week, been uh, pitiful, really, since, ever since... Um, Rainbow Jersey Gate. Um, yeah, this season's gone up in flames. Yeah, I've got on my notes here. It's another blowout with the Raiders showing the Broncos what you're meant to do with your season on the line. Yeah. Um, Raiders look great. Hudson Young had another another fantastic day out. My comments on Whiten from last week continue. If he plays well, the Raiders succeed. He had another integral role in this game. Um, they look dangerous with the ball in hand, and I think everyone um played their part well and um simon says he can't believe that they won two halves yeah um it's just it was a fantastic performance and i'm happy to see them into the finals i know it's not confirmed yet but i doubt they're going to slip up against the tigers um they're not my team so i don't mind if i've just jinxed them as that much (laughs) but um the seagulls have capitulated i know we're all saying it that they've fallen apart since the pride jersey stuff um they keep coming out and saying that the team isn't split. It's clear that that's not the case. You just have to watch them on the field. Um, they're not delivering. They're not on the same page. Um, a lot of serious work needs to be done in the off season to fix them as bringing Tommy Turbo back in isn't the magic fix. 
than it used to be. Um, I think the problems are a lot deeper. Uh, yeah, Mark said that Fogarty is looking really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really, you know, stepping up um, and de- playing the role that the Raiders want him to play when they, they lured him over from the Titans. So mm, wouldn't, wouldn't the Titans love him right now? <laughs> I think the Titans would probably be in another position <laughs> on the ladder if he had stayed, to be honest. Um, mm. But, yeah, that, that helps us out where they're falling so yeah great from the raiders and um it, it's kind of pulling on my heartstrings when it comes finals time if that's going to be the team that i'll put my heart into supporting just due to the the way they fought back mm. um you know it looked like they were heading heading deep down the ladder with some woeful performances in the middle of the season but they've really found some some heart and actually are playing well so um yeah they need to be commended and um yeah paul said in the background he's doing the research a six game losing streak for the seagulls i think that's going to extend out to seven um spoilers for my pick this week but um yeah i don't know i don't know what's going wrong there you know the worries have been bad but i think they're at another level right now the seagulls um i don't know what to say so so if warriors were playing manly this weekend, you'd be going Warriors. All day. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so there you go. Brad throwing his weight behind the Raiders in the in the final series. Brad loves an underdog. Well, one of my relatives was a player there for a little while, um, Mel Meninga, you know. <laughs> Melman, Melman. Melman, was, Melman was one of the greatest. Yeah. So, Melman um, Inga. Melman Inga. Yeah. 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 Next Saturday game was the Sharks, 16 over the Bulldogs, nil. Three tries to zip. Brighton, Nakora, Ronaldo, Mulatalo with a double. Uh, go on, Brad. This game nearly had me um, had me asleep. See, I'm the opposite. I thought it was a great game. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a great game for the Sharks. Um, it wasn't a blowout like we're seeing, you know, the past few rounds by these top, you know, these top four sides putting 50 on everyone. Yeah. Um, but it was a solid performance, I believe. And having no points leaked is not a bad way um, to when you're this close to finals. Um, Matt Moylan, I thought, is back in his career best form. He's paired up mm. nicely with Nico Hines um, this season. Mulatalo is always dangerous on the wing. And um, Talakai was causing plenty of headaches. You know, he's not getting the tries that he was when he, you know, erupted onto the scene this year. But he's still, you know, hitting, you know, 150, 200 metres uh, running every game. Um, so while he might not be scoring those tries, he's creating holes for other players. So, um, yeah, I think it's great there. Um, they've impressed me this year. I think they could be a smoky in the finals. They're defensively sound, which, you know, it could be the difference in some of these games. Um, it's not always about how many tries you score. It's about how many tries you stop. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't even expect them to make the eight before the season started. I, I thought Fitzgibbon would take a bit of time to shape this team. Um, so the way they've gone this year needs to be commended. Um, the Bulldogs, I don't think they actually played bad. Um, they were just beaten by a better side. Um, you know, Bulldogs are 12th and they're playing, you know, the second place Sharks. You expect them to lose. Um, to lose 16-0, it would have been good for them to get points on the board. But 16-0, when you see what some of these other teams at the bottom are uh, putting up. 
it's nothing to sneeze at, really. I think the key issue the the Bulldogs have had was the Sharks kept Burton quiet for the most part, and that appears to be the key to beating the Bulldogs. If you remember, that's basically what the Warriors did to Burton at Mount Smart a few weeks ago. He, he got a couple of bonds in there, but other than that, he didn't really have much impact. And I think that is the key. If you want to shut the Bulldogs down, you kind of keep him away from doing what he does best. And um, it just means he needs to find a way to insert himself into the game more. But it's early days for him finding his finding ground on how to lead a side around. They all can't hit the ground running like Nico Hines has done. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know we've been saying it for a lot of time this year, Richie, but it's never really been about this season for the Bulldogs. It's it's no. next year. And I think that's when they're going to be a threat. You know, Burton's learned they're getting Kakao and, um, you know, Reed Marnie. They've got yep. some good players coming in there. They've got a new coach coming on board. He might be sacked after two months. You know, we don't know. He might make them successful. <laughs> but, um, yeah. They definitely built a better platform for themselves um, mm. to prepare for 2023. Yeah, I agree with you that the Bulldogs weren't that bad. It sounds funny to say, given that it was 16-0, but they completed 32 from 39, so they actually completed at a good rate and actually at a way better rate than what the Sharks completed. So um, from that sense, good. But like you say, I, thought, I think the Sharks did contain Burton really well. Um, they suffocated them on defense and just no points came for the Bulldogs. But I'm like you, I'm liking the Sharks as a smoky. I expected Heinz to do good, to do well, but um, what we've seen from Moylan this year, um, maybe Fitzgibbon and, and having Nico Heinz there with him has really brought, brought back the old Matt Moylan Um yeah, he's definitely in career best form, which is something I really didn't expect this year, but great to see. The next Saturday game, Rabbitohs over the Cowboys, 20 points to 10. Three tries to two for the Rabbitohs, Keon Kolo Matangi, Alex Johnston with his standard at least one try per game, Thomas Burgess. Uh and two tries for the Cowboys, Murray Taolangi and Kyle Felt. Uh, yeah, this kind of shows where the rabbits are at for me, Brad, in terms of um, I think they they are a danger side in the finals. They've they um, did well to to get the win over a team like the Cowboys, who have been performing so well all year. Um, but it was a it was a tight contest. So um, again, another another sort of preview of what we might see come finals time with with two contenders going at it. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm going the opposite because I don't like agreeing with you anymore. But um, I thought it, w- it was a disappointing game for me. I thought both teams played at a subpar level than what I expect from them. Um, not bad, but not great. Um, Kyle Fouch's try was great, however. Um, I thought that yeah. was a great, great try for him. And the Cowboys were doing their best to get the win. They just made too many errors. They did have a few tough calls go against them, particularly the call um, about Tane Mill not playing at the ball before it went over the sideline. Um, that was weird, yeah. I, I don't get how yeah. a guy can be looking at the kick and then letting it touch his arm and go over the sideline, and then they say he didn't play at it. Um, 
I don't I don't understand. Jacko, Jacko said the Cowboys are picked too early. I kind of have that feeling too, to be honest. I, I don't want to, but I feel like it's it's a bit like it reminded me a bit of the Eels, where the Eels were the talk of the NRL, and then when you get to the business end, they kind of quietly slink off. Um, Cowboys have got themselves in good position on the ladder, where you know even if they make a mistake in that first round, they'll still have a shot. Um, but I um, yeah, I it was there's enough to work on. I think I've got here. It's not the result the Cowboys would want, but I think this loss did come at the right time as they prepare for finals. Um, maybe they'll believe in their hype a bit too much, and this is a wake up call. Um, for the Rabbitohs, they also made too many errors, which has been my pet peeve with them for years. Um, Cameron Murray, though, was outstanding again. Um, they just let too many chances slip. Um, but to get a win over the Cowboys when you're not playing your best football is not a bad day out. Um, and this could have also been a wake-up call for them too, going like, well, we're lucky here. Um, you know, we could have let this game go. We need to work on this, this, and this to be better next week. Um Again, just like I said a few a few games ago, I think either of these teams could go deep into the finals. They just need to forget this match and move on. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, Hammer said, yeah, the Cowboys are full of inexperienced players, and maybe the grinder twenty five game season staying yeah. to take us. That could be a take too. Could be a take. Um, honestly, too many Warriors in their team. That's go the back, go back to the start of the year, Brad. Where did you tip them? Uh, the Cowboys, um, yeah. I had them, oh, I, we didn't go that deep. I think I picked them like maybe 11th. Oh, yeah. I didn't see them making the eight. Um, I, well, I, I didn't think they were bad enough to be spoon, but I know I, a lot of people said they were. I had Knights for the spoon, but I had Cowboys bottom four, I'm pretty sure. So, Yeah, um, I'm looking but, at our predicted top eight and neither of us had them in there. No. With all that said, what the Cowboys have done this year has been remarkable. So I'm not going to count them out just yet. Um, I I don't want to brag, but I'm looking. I only got two of my top eight wrong. I didn't get the order right, but six of my teams in the top eight are there. Um, same as you. You got six as well. So <laughs> we know what we're doing. Kind of. Uh, See, we kind of know what we talk about a little bit. Not see, always, I, but... I pick Melbourne uh, Manly as my minor prems. So even a broke, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Um, exactly. Sunday's game, yes. Brad's favourite team, the Dragons, just getting the job done over the Tigers, twenty-four to twenty-two. That locks in the spoon for the Tigers, um, much to the delight of us Warriors fans. Was four tries apiece, so it was a grind for the Dragons. Um, Dragons try scorers were Jaden Sua, uh, Tatao Monga, Zach Lomax, and Jackson Ford. For the Tigers, for Amonu Brown, Tom Fairbairn with two, and Jock Madden with a great solo try, actually, which should have had them in, in the box seat for the win. But some Tigers not knowing the rules. Uh, very Tigers finish, you know. I think the Dragons did a short goal line dropout, which... Touched a tiger standing in the um, in the ten meter line, instead of the tigers closing the game out, the dragons go all the way up the other end. Jackson Ford scores in the seventy fifth minute. Yeah, um, and then we had Zach Lomax kicking a goal towards the end to, to nudge them out ahead, and 
that is all she wrote. Very Tigers result that, isn't it? Well, yeah, he got um, he got the chance to win. Um, he got the chance to win because of a, a silly play by High tackle. Um, Asu. Yeah, yeah, um, silly play from him, which saw him get sent to the bin and gave Zach the chance to win the game. Um, it's, it's just the Tigers, isn't it? So it's the Tigers. They they know how to how to um, you know get away <laughs> give away a win whenever they want. No, come on, no, no. Look, Tigers still can get off the bottom of the table, right? They just got to make sure they overturn a seventy-point uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. point difference, and um, and obviously, obviously, win the game at the weekend. So, I mean, it's, they, uh, it's still on mathematically. So, stop. It, hey, look, it's not it's not cert yet. They, they have to, to do that over. Century. They have to do that over a red-hot Canberra Raiders team as well. Yeah, but I think it is at Leichhardt. So, it is um, at Leichhardt. Yeah. But um, yeah. my notes on it here, I've got, yeah, Dragons got the win, but a two-point win over the Tigers is nothing to crow about. Ben Hunt carrying the side once again, but it looked like the rest of the side wasn't really combining that well. Um, it was hard to pick out any standouts. Guys like Zach Lomax, you know, they played well in patches, but there were heaps mm. of times when this Dragons team just looked inept. Um, They just look over the season, which I can imagine <laughs> is the same feeling their fans have, and I know that feeling myself. Um, it was just a slog of a game to watch, you know. So if, if there's nothing we can guarantee, um, Sundays always seem to be horrible when it comes to NRL this year. Um, but yeah, I think the Dragons were lucky to get the result here, you know. The Tigers, you know, not knowing the rules and then some brain snaps um, gave the Dragons the win. Um, Tigers were trying their best despite that. Um, they're just a poor side. It's... It's harsh, but it's true. Um, they had 40% of the possession, which, um, to be honest, scoring four tries with 40% possession is not too bad. Um, they, um, they'll they be looking forward to this year being over, starting fresh with Tim Sheens and Benji at the helm and getting Api Karasawa and Isaiah Papaliti into the squad. Um, Jacko said Dragon's the most boring side in the comp. I think we just <laughs> need to get we need to get rid of them out of the comp. Keep it 16, bring the Dolphins in, kick the Dragons out. Um, make my life a lot better. But, um, yeah, I, it's a game that I think anyone that anyone on either side of that were, as fans and players would have been disappointed. Um, regardless of getting the win, you like that. It's nothing to, to, you know, brag about on social media afterwards, is it? I enjoyed it. Of course you did. <laughs> um, you must have felt conflicted, mate. Um you don't like well, the dragons, but they they've kept us safe from the spoon. So, yeah, and I had picked the dragons, so I needed them to win for my picks. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, uh, who says I'll probably pick a completely different team to hate next season? So <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, there'll be a new villain in town. Uh, yeah. The last game of the weekend was the Titans over the Knights, thirty-six to twenty-six, seven tries to five for the Titans. Greg Maju with a double. David Fafita, Bo Fermor, Tanner Boyd, and AJ Brimson, who I thought was really, really good, got got a double uh, for the Knights. Edric Lee, Daniel Saifidi, Dominic Young, and Dan Gagai with a double. What did you think of this one, Brad? I think the score flattered the Knights. As I think the Titans were in control um, all the way up until Brian Kelly was sent off. Yeah. Um, the Knights did score in that first minute, but it was a smoke screen as the Titans took over. You know, I, I think I say it every week. Tino had another great performance. AJ Brimson, I thought, was the difference here, though. 
Um, it felt like he was all over the park and he was yeah. playing a part in everything. Um, I think David Feeder um, showed more urgency and played well, but I think the key was he played 47 minutes. So um, I think that helped him out. He's playing, um, he's playing minimum wage minutes and <laughs> looking better for it. Yeah. Um, Greg Marju um, continues to be unstoppable on the wing. Um, it's a disappointing year for the Titans. Uh, many had them as playoff contenders um, before the season started, but their fans will be hoping that they've learned. I think all you can do is learn from this and hope that, um, you know, bringing Kieran Foran and the team will fix what has been a glaring weakness with the Titans all year, which has been their halves. Mm. Um, Knights, as I said, they look set to be blown off the park um, until that Kelly send-off, which saw them reduce the lead with that gag-eye double. Um, Gagai though, I thought he had a poor night. If you look at the stats, he dominated the stats for his team. Um, but he also missed seven tackles, um, as AJ Brimson made him look like a rookie. And, um, you know, if there's one thing Gagai's known for, he's usually pretty defensively sound. So it was a real bad night for him. Um, I don't know if we're going to see the tight uh, not Titans, the Knights improve next year. Uh, I just don't have confidence in them climbing the ladder with the squad and the coach that they have. Um, I don't feel like they're getting anyone in that's going to make them better. So I feel like we're just going to see more of this from the Knights next year, which means we've recorded it now. They're going to probably be minor premiers next year. Now I make you look like a dick. But um, yeah, I just don't have confidence that they're going to actually show any improvement. I tend to agree with you. And that was but the you, round. You picked them as your wooden spoon. So of course you were. I know. Exactly. It's just my point proven. They, well, they won't quite get be that bad. They won't quite get the spoon because, because well, the Tigers. But, um, yeah, that was the round. Awesome. So if you can bring up our tips there, Paul. Um, yeah, oh, I'm looking now. Um, they have Adam Elliott and Jack Hetherington joining them next year. Yeah. So Adam Elliott will be good, but... Um, yeah, so there we go. We all got seven out of eight. Um, Look we, at us go. So I got the Storm game wrong. Richie got the Knights game wrong. And uh, Simon also got the Storm game wrong. Um, so that means I'm still leading at the top, 128 out of 184. Richie, you're three behind now, um, 125 out of 184. And Simon's right there behind you. 124 out of 184. If you'd kept the roosters, you guys would be tied right now. Um, I stayed roosters. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, be interesting this round. I've looked at Simon's picks. He's he's put some that I think are a bit curveball-y. Uh, but, you know, that could be the answer here. He's been the, the informed picker the last month. So that will bring us to the ladder. Um, if you can bring that up, Paul. Um, we did have a couple of changes, um, two or oh, three player, three teams up, and a couple down. So, Panthers, they're their first as, as they will stay for the rest of the season. Uh, Sharks have gone up to second place, which meant the Cowboys have dropped to third. Storm have stayed where they are at fourth. Parramatta stayed at fifth. Rooster stayed at sixth. Rabbitoh stayed at seventh. But the Raiders have moved up to eighth, which means that the Broncos have dropped out of the eighth to ninth. Dragons, um, Seagulls, Bulldogs have all stayed at 10th, 11th, 12th. 
The Knights uh, have gone up to 13th, which means the Warriors have gone down to 14th. And the Titans and Tigers have stayed at 15th and 16th. And yes, Simon's just mentioning, we're going to talk about it a bit later, but Toulouse is officially being relegated, which we kind of all saw coming in the Super League, which is disappointing. But yeah, so that's the latter. Um, we, there's only one way it can change in terms of who makes the eight. It's either the Broncos or the Raiders. We've both already said that it's going to stay with the Raiders. I guess the only changes we could see is positional changes in the top eight. So um, mm-hmm. we Eel's won't speculate playing, too much about it. Eels playing Melbourne this weekend, so that's going to decide a top four. Yeah. Um, top four spot. And Cowboys playing Panthers, aren't they? And Panthers have rested all their players. So Cowboys points differential. If they win, that could leapfrog the Sharks. Into they could end up in second, yeah. Yeah, it would um, be interesting. But either way, it looks like it'll be Sharks, Cowboys in the first week of finals. And, um, yeah, it's going to depend on whoever wins Storm Eels on who plays the Panthers. But mm. we'll know that next week when we get into the show. So um, were there any questions, Paul, from, from the crowd? I would just ask um, if the uh, Warriors uh, could make the finals. I had us to uh, give the disappointing news and know that uh, the Warriors were now officially out. Um, but so, so someone else is clearly keeping track of the season there um, and not, not arriving a bit late at the party. Um, but apart from that, no, we've dealt with everything as well as we've uh, gone through the show. There's still a chance. We're going to use our, our Joker points or something. I don't know. There's, there's a way in there somewhere. Um, no, officially over, I'd like to say, months ago. Um, all right, so um, your question for me, Richie. Yep, so one item of news that I I came across this week that we didn't actually put at the top of our show in, in the news, but Gus Gould has met with Ben Hunt and his management. Um, we know that the, uh, the Dragons have tabled him an offer, but possibly a little lower, so... Um, I was, I was just going to ask you, Brad, if, if Ben Hunt does move to the Dogs um, and with Gus Gould meeting with him, uh, you know, it could, could happen, Ben Hunt would partner Burton in the halves, presumably, and they get Reed Marnie and Kikau. Does that make the Dogs a top eight side right off the bat? Yeah, so before we go on, um, Hunt stated he desires to remain with the Dragons. God only knows why. That doesn't mean anything. But yeah, that means nothing. If um, if they continue to lowball him, he'll end up moving on. If it's the Bulldogs, I know there's other teams that are interested in him as well. I know Wayne Bennett would like to bring him to the Dolphins. So there's a lot of there's a lot of places he would go. And I know I I, I jokingly hate on the Dragons on here a lot, but it's fair to say that um, the Dragons aren't competitive if Ben Hunt's not there. So I think it's crazy that they've lowballed him. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, hypothetically, if he moves to the Dogs, I already think they were a good shot of being a top eight side. Yeah. Um, but you add him to the mix, I think they're definitely a side you would pencil into the top eight. Um, you look what he's done with the Dragons. The Dragons are pathetically bad, and he's made them look good um, at moments. So you put him in, you put him <laughs> in the the Bulldogs team with all those guys around him. Um, I think he would bring the best out in Burton. And, mm. um, yeah, that would be a top eight team with him. And who knows, it may happen. 
Um, we just don't know. We've got to wait and see what the management at the Dragons decide to make a mistake on next. Yeah, 100% hypothetical, of course. I mean, there's every chance he works out a deal with the Dragons and, and they come back with another offer and he stays. But I think hypothetically, if he did go there, I think definitely top eight. You might even be looking at possible top four. That that side will be starting to look ridiculous. Yeah. Or am I getting a bit excited? I think you're getting a bit excited, but, you yeah, know, we're Warriors to, fans. We don't really have much to look forward to right I, now. I, so, I tend to do that. Right. So um, my question kind of goes with that a little bit. With only one round left, um, the season's all but over for, for several teams. Which team do you think has been the most disappointing this year? I mean, disappointing in terms of what their potential was. Yep. Mate, I, I found this so hard to narrow down to one. Okay, so there's the Warriors, obviously. I always expect a lot more from them than where they're sitting now. But yep. that's the obvious one, so I won't say that. There's two for, two others for me. Gold Coast, who came from a top eight finish last year to be a serious threat for the spoon this year. Um, and just some bad choices, um, letting go of Jamal Fogarty. And this year it's been painfully obvious that they've been seriously lacking in the halves this year. So, um, so kind of the architects have their own demise a little bit in that sense, but they've been a serious disappointment given what we saw last year. And then Matt, I'm sure you'll agree with this, Manly. You had them tipped at right up the top. And sure, some things haven't gone their way. Tommy Turbo with a with a long injury. Yeah. Um, but also there have been other dramas and they've just really they they started out not being so bad and yeah, it's just gone from bad to worse for them. So Gold Coast and Manly for me. Yeah, um, I would, yeah, Gold Coast and Manly for me as well. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, Manly I predicted to be minor prem, so I can't say they're not the biggest disappointment if they're now not even in the eight. And mm. Titans, you know, they were, you know, everyone said this was the year they were going to arrive, so to speak. And, um, yeah, they they crumbled. So that same, same answer for me. Um, nice. So we may as well jump straight into round 25 and our picks. So I've got my correct ones. Simon's given a go. Um, so I'll get yours um, yep. on there if uh, Paul can bring up the fixtures. Thank you, Paul. That's the, the oh, there we go. Awesome. So um, Thursday, we have the Eels and Storm. Simon and myself have both picked the Storm. Yeah, so I'm going to go Eels. You're going to go Eels? Yeah, they right. do well against these teams. And they, and it'll probably do. be Storm because they lost last week and they'll bounce back. But given that you pick Storm, I've got to go Eels. You don't have to. You just pick who no, you think going to win. No, I do. I'm behind. So on Friday, we've got Bulldogs and Sea Eagles. Um, I've gone with the Bulldogs and Simon's gone with the Sea Eagles. Yeah, no, I'm going to go Bulldogs there. Bulldogs. I just don't have the confidence in Seagulls right no, now. Nor do I. Um, next up on Friday night, we've got Roosters versus Rabbitohs. Simon and myself have both picked the Roosters. I'm going to go Rabbitohs. You know, I think I think the Rabbitohs have won the last maybe three or four against the Roosters. 
Um, and the fact that you pick Roosters, we're, yeah. we're watching. We're watching Richard crash to third place now. Um, Possibly, this. but you know, ah, got to go for got to go for glory. First game on Saturday is the Warriors versus Titans. Uh, Simon and myself have both picked the Warriors. I think this is the first time in like five or six weeks I've picked the Warriors. Um, but yeah, I'm confident they'll beat the Titans at home. Yeah, I'm proudly picking the Warriors, even though last year in the last round Titans did a job on us, but this is a different we, Titans team. We finally get no filthy traitors. Third up. week of the season, I don't have to use filthy traitors. Not yeah. the first week of the season, but at least in the last two months. In the last couple months, for sure. Yeah. And then next up on Saturday, we've got Dragons Broncos. Simon and myself have both picked the Broncos. I just don't want to finish my season out picking the Dragons. So, Well, I will then because, <laughs> yeah, why not? I, yeah, the Broncos, are, I feel like if there's they're any time the Broncos form. are going to, they've got to bounce back at some point and they're playing at home. Uh, no, they're yeah. not. They're playing away. They're not. Yeah. No, I'm picking um, Dragons. Write me down for Dragons. dragons. Yeah. Right. Next up, we have Cowboys Panthers. Simon's gone with the Panthers, um, despite them having 13 players out, and I've gone with the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm just saying that just in case you forgot, Simon, and that was a mistake. Um, we've still got a couple games left to talk about, but the first game on Sunday is Night Sharks. We've both gone with the Sharks. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there, guys. We were talking about this. How did the Panthers do during. Um, uh, during State of Origin. They did pretty well, right, when they're missing players as well. So there we go. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, you guys could be on a on a winner here, and Simon might make us look silly, which is wouldn't be the first time. So, no, um, it wouldn't be. In the, the last game, Tigers-Raiders, we have both gone with the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You've Raiders. gone Raiders as well. Yeah. All right. So you've got a couple different. Uh, so Three. we could see we could see some changes. Um <coughs> If you nail all of them, you could tie with me. Um, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. But, yeah, that is the round. Um, there's a few good games in there, to be honest. Um, yeah. So it should be good to talk about. Um, oh yeah, so Simon said when he did pick the Panthers, he didn't realize the rest. So do you want to change that then to the Cowboys? Okay. <laughs> Well, that's, a lot, that's, that's a lot of players. It's a whole starting lineup worth of players. <laughs> I can still change it if you want, Simon, while we quickly talk about the Super League. So you just let me know if you want to switch to the Cowboys and I can do that for you. <clears throat> um, so Super League, um, before we go on to the results, Simon said, have you heard the rumours about Super League being split into two divisions of 10 with promotion relegation? Um, I hadn't heard that. Um, Simon says he's happy enough to stick with Penrith. So... He is sticking with Penrith. Good luck. Uh, the tips go up onto the shelf over here now, so I don't change them. Um, I haven't heard that rumor, but um, it's an interesting concept. We yeah, I've talked yeah, to the, the, the lottery has a has a special scrutineer who looks off this kind of stuff. Brad has a shelf. <laughs> I have a shelf. I have a shelf that I keep it on all year. Mighty I've, shelf. I've, you guys don't see it. This is a little. My, my Avengers booklet, which has got all of our tips in it hey, to keep track. Hey, you, you can't like the Avengers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't heard the rumor about them splitting it into um, thing. He Simon does say it's just a rumor. Um, 
yeah, I I have spoken at length on this that I don't like promotion relegation just due to, in my experience, um, as a Warriors supporter. (laughs) We'd never be in relegation position. We never last, Paul. Um, But in my experience, in the rugby union side of things, when they did that, um, when I was following counties and they would get relegated and whatnot, you can't really recruit players to come to your club if you're in second division going up or you're at the risk of going down. So you kind of just, it, I feel like it doesn't improve it. And then as we've seen this year, um, the Lee Centurions got relegated and Toulouse came up. Lee is dominating the second division and Toulouse is getting smashed and being relegated again. So it's like, what was the point in bringing them up for a year if they're just going to fall straight back down? Um, so in theory, I, I guess it has some merits. I just don't see it. But um, round Simon knows everything um, about Super League. So rounds 25 and 26 have both played since our last show. They um, basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they had round 25. And then Sunday, Monday um, of that same week, they played round 26. So um, they squeezed it all in. I'm not sure why Simon might explain it. I think it was to do with electing to have the Challenge Cup early or something. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I did try to find it, but no one really wanted to explain why, just that it, it was what it was. Um, but uh, Leeds defeated Uddersfield 18-4. to Wakefield defeated Hull KR 18-6. to Salford defeated Hull FC 28-18. to Castleford defeated Warrington 19-18. to uh, Catalans defeated Toulouse 24-14. to And Look then... Wigan defeated St. Helens 30 to 10. And yes. then, um, then round 26, I didn't even get all the results here because I didn't do my job properly. Um, I typed out the first one um, because the games hadn't played yet when I typed all this out. Hull FC defeated Toulouse 38 to 12. I'm just cheating and going to the results for the rest. Um, always professional. Um, we got. Yeah, what Hull FC, there we go. Um, Wakefield defeated St. Helens 34 to 18. So St. Helens lost two in a row. Um, Hull KR also defeated Wigan 38 to 28. Uddersfield defeated Warrington 38 to 36. Um, Salford defeated Castleford 50 to 10. Uh, and then Catalans defeated Leeds 32 to 18. And yeah, um, Simon said he thinks they tried to squeeze as many rounds into given time before World Cup. And, um, yeah, Super League normally play an normal amount of rounds, uh, games and rounds, yeah. And um, so we go into the final round um, this week, um, which has got Uddersfield versus Wakefield, Wigan versus Catalans, Hull FC versus Hull KR, Leeds versus Castleford, Salford versus Warrington, and St. Helens versus Toulouse. Um, the, the the playoffs are basically already pretty much determined, I believe. <laughs> Um, but we'll have more news on that after the results and we see where they're sitting. But, yeah, they're just trying to squeeze it in before World Cup. Um, so, yeah, some interesting games there. Wigan versus Catalans will be a good one to watch. Yeah. So, um, anything else you want to add, Richie? No, th- just thanks for the discussion. I had a lot of fun tonight, and thanks to everyone tuning in, getting involved, and Paul, as always, doing a great job. You do. 
Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers again, uh, Richie, for joining me and Paul for all your hard work in the back. And uh, good night, everyone. 